0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Wiser Money Show. I am your host, Zach. I'm sorry. I have Ken here, but Ken, is it okay <laughs> if I just
1: claim the host title? I don't start off being the host, but I kind of like it. You're the host, man. <laughs> well, great. We're, we're going to call you host, Zach host. Now I saw no, him call no. catchy. I'm going to work on that between episodes here. I'm going to come up with something that kind of gives you a superhero Name. It better be
0: good because if the first thing you say takes off, I don't want it to be just like host the Zach. That's boring. So make it make it a good one. All right. Super Zach. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'll take that. Ken, <laughs> so we have you back here and we left off the last episode. You saying that you were going to explain trust in a little bit more in a little bit more detail. And then go through the five mistakes or five biggest mistakes that people make when actually creating a trust. So I want to throw it back over to you and kind of just walk us through the trust process and and what a trust really is.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to try to keep this this episode within about maybe 12 minutes to maybe 15 at the most. If I don't get through the concept of what a trust and how it works, then what we'll do is um, I'll do the five mistakes in the next episode. But let me start off just by saying what, what a trust is. It's a contract. That's the easiest way to understand it. I, people confuse it with all kinds of other things. It's just a contract. So, in a contract, you have different parties. So, if you're buying and selling real estate, you have a buyer, you have a seller, right? So, you have parties in the contract. Right. But the important thing to remember is that when you have a situation when you die without a will or with a will, what you're doing is you're leaving instructions for a court to interpret on what they think you wanted but it also leaves it open to a lot of argument of interpretation because most wills are very boilerplate and the law and is all
0: about interpretation so
1: that's right versus it let's say you created a contract and the contract includes now these terms sometimes are interchangeable a grantor Or a trustor. We're going to, for the sake of today, just make life easy. Say they're the same. I'm going to use the terminology grantor. What is a grantor? Well, it's somebody that's contributing something, right? So technically, uh, Zach, you could actually create a trust for me. And you could be the trustee. And I could be the grantor. And there could be a third party as the beneficiary. Got it. So it doesn't there's a have a lot of moving parts in that one though. Well, so there's there's basically there's three basic parts. There's the person who is granting an asset to the trust. There is a person who will control and manage the trust. And then there is a beneficiary of the trust. Now, here's what's interesting. You create a contract. You can create a contract that says you're all three parties while you're alive. Yeah. So you're the the grantor So you could add your house, you could add your bank account, you could add a stock account, and you're the grantor. You're adding that to the name of this trust. And again, it's a contract. It's basically just a bunch of words on a piece of paper. But here's the key factor. You can get explicit with your or detailed with your instructions. And a court's not interpreting the instructions like a will. The instructions are very clear within the contract. And legal rights are given to the trustee. But now, listen, while you're alive, see, a lot of times people go, well, I don't want to put money into a trust because I'm giving it away. Well, that's an irrevocable trust. Mm -hmm. That's past the context of today's discussion. We're going to just talk about something called a grantor trust. And that's a simple trust while you're alive. You might have heard the terminology revocable living trust. And if you define that, it's revocable. You do whatever you want to do with it. You can cancel it. Living you do it while you're alive. So when you create the trust, what you're doing is you're saying, I can add assets, but I can also do what? Take them back out.
0: Exactly. You could spend the money. You don't
1: lose the control. Right. Now you might ask, well, in what context would I ever want to do that? Sometimes when you take a mortgage and your house is in a trust, the mortgage company won't lend to you. So you can take it out of the trust, put it back in your name. You get the mortgage and then you do something called a quit claim deed, and you put the asset of the house back in the trust. That's different than a warranty deed, but it allows you then to use the protection of the trust, but it allows the mortgage company to give you the mortgage because the mortgage is going to be in your name. Right. Okay. Um, you can, What? What? how else would you might use this? Well, you might live in a state that has like a homestead exemption. And but they won't give the homestead exemption to a trust. So you could take it out, put it in your name, get the homestead exemption. And we use what's called a land trust to get it back in the trust. So you can still get your homestead exemption and you get it back in the trust for the protection. But let's get back to the context of what it is. So you got three parties, grantor, trustee and beneficiary. So while you're alive, you could be all three. So you might say, well, then people are right. You, you're all you're all three people. So the trustee controls investment decisions, dis- distributions, tax matters. The grantor is just the person putting the money in. So like you could be you could create a trust for me. okay So you would be you would be the creator of the trust and I'm the grantor I'm putting the assets in, but we could name your son as the beneficiary. We God. could name your wife as the trustee. So there are different parties, but in today's context, it's really in a revocable living trust. Typically, you're the grantor, you're putting your assets in there, you're the trustee, you're going to control all decisions, investment decisions, tax matters, etc. And then there's the beneficiary. Well, right now you're the beneficiary. You so benefit from it. <laughs> yeah. And you could benefit it from it two different ways, right? If it's revocable, if you think through it couldn't you just take the assets out and put it back in your own name if you wanted to? Yeah. That's one way. Or the other way is, let's say you put a stock account in the name of your trust or a bank account in the name of your trust. Well, while you're alive, you're the beneficiary and you're the trustee. And the the trust says, it can benefit you in any way that the trustee determines. So let's say you wanted to go buy a car. You could have the trust pay for the car. Or you could take the money out back to Zach's name and buy the car. Right. So while you're alive, you have all this flexibility. So some people might say, well, why not just keep it in my name? Because there's a couple of things that could happen. One is you die. And if it's in your name, how do you transfer the beneficial interest of an asset when you're dead? You don't. That's what's called the probate system. Yep. So, because you're dead and you can't say, give it to this person, the judge and the courts will decide at a very high price. Now, a trust, if you think about it, it's a piece of paper. It never dies, it never becomes disabled, it never has a sick day. But what it says is if Zach passes away, and Zach was the original trustee and the original beneficiary, then Let's just go ahead and automatically appoint a new trustee. And you could do as many trustees as you want. You could say Zach first, Zach's mom second, Zach's brother, sister, aunt, uncle third. And they don't have to go through the courts because it's already outlined in the document, the paper. Right. And you could also say beneficiaries. You could say if Zach dies, his initial beneficiary is his son. But if, God forbid, there's this horrible accident, Zach and his son die in the same accident, who's the next beneficiary in line? And it can be written in that document. So all the trust is, it's just a written container. That's all it is.
0: Written instructions.
1: That's it. It's and not designed for the wealthy. It's designed for everybody.
0: Now, with that, so you were saying something about the trust, you know, God forbid, my son was to pass away and he was the beneficiary. I can write in, anybody i want to benefit from that trust where if you're going through the probate process that judge is going to look well if it's not his son it has to be his next uh his next child if there's no next child it needs to be you know his brother or whatever that may be like they make that decision but with the trust that you make every single decision that happens when you pass away that's right while you're alive
1: that's exactly right right so it's just this written document. That's where I think people get confused. It's like this very complex, confusing thing for people. That's all it is. It's just a written document of instructions, but because it has legal ability to become its own entity. So if you're married, so there's a husband and wife and a trust can be literally a alter ego that's in between them if you do a joint trust. right. But the difference is, husband and wife because we're biological creatures so we die disabled get sick get old whatever it is we lose our memories the piece of paper doesn't and that's just really what it's all about is having taking that human fail of uh failable or what what's the word i'm trying to use fallible uh process out of it you know it you don't die the the document doesn't die doesn't get sick Uh, Now we're going to talk about another episode, making sure you don't lose it, making sure it's in a safe place as people can, what we talked about before, Mm -hmm. slip sheet it, they can steal it, you know, they can do horrible things. So there's ways to protect that. But the the concept of a trust is uh, it can legally own assets. It can legally own a car, not that we want to, but I'll talk about that later. It's one of the mistakes. Uh, It can own a house. It can own stock. It can own a, a business that you own. It can own intellectual property. It can own really anything that you as an individual can own. So then we get into, okay, so if we create the trust, um, you know who should be the parties in the trust? And then how extensive can we get the, with the trust? I think it's important first because I think a lot of people that are listening to this today probably already have a trust. Right. If you don't, what this is going to do is really prepare you for it. And what I want to do is just go through that once somebody gets a trust drafted, what some of the biggest mistakes are that they make when they draft it. And then we'll get into the mistakes of how, who you have draft the trust or what service you have, have draft the trust. OK, so let me just cover this because we're running up on our time here. Um, I think the five biggest mistakes that I've seen that when people create a trust is in the design of the trust, and we'll get into this next episode, leaving a lump sum to a child is number one, uh, and really anybody. Number two is not funding the trust. Now, that may not make sense, but when I cover this, it'll make a lot of sense how a lot of lawyers and services double dip on probate, and we'll talk about that. Number three is putting tainted assets into the trust. Number four is not retitling retirement plans and annuities the right way and life insurance. And finally, number five is just human beneficiary mistakes. So hopefully just in this very basic explanation of a trust, it makes sense what it does or how it operates.
0: And we'll be able to go through the, the mistakes for everybody to watch out for or be on the lookout for if they either A, have a trust already created, or B, don't have a trust created, but now I want to entertain that after hearing a little bit about the differences between a will versus a trust. Okay. Awesome. Well, we will see you next episode. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. This was the Wiser Money Show with Zach and Ken, and we'll see you soon.
1: All right. Take care.